right, what is going on, Cover 7 family? Welcome back to another episode of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast. And in today's episode, we are joined by current TCU standout offensive lineman, Steve Avila. Steve, how are you feeling, my guy? Feeling good, man. I'm excited. Hey, I'm absolutely thrilled to be able to have you on the podcast today. Now, Steve, Steve's got a pretty interesting week coming up as he's going to be joining fellow Horn Frogs at the Big 12 Media Day. So, Steve, let me know a little bit about, you know, kind of the experience, like, about Big 12 Media Day and all that. I know this is your first ever, but what are you kind of expecting going into Big 12 Media Day on Thursday? Uh, well, first, uh, definitely a lot of questions, but uh, I feel like, you know, being, you know, able to play and, and start these past two years and being interviewed, you know, by a bunch of different people, you know, I've prepared me. Uh, so I guess you could say this is kind of the final exam of interviews. So I gotcha. I gotcha. Now I'm really happy for you though. I mean, I know these past couple of seasons, you've definitely been kind of working your way up the ranks when it comes to on the offensive line. Now, before we do get into all of that, I kind of want to let, the, you know, kind of let you introduce yourself to the people, let them know a little bit about you, your childhood, where you grew up, high school ball. So go right ahead, Steve. Let the people know a little bit about you. All right. Uh, well, my name is Steve Avila, but my real name is Esteban. Uh, and I'll get into that a little later. But uh, I come from a pretty big family. Uh, I have about seven siblings. Um my parents are divorced, but, uh, you know, uh, I see them a lot and, you know, they've done everything they can for me when I was a kid. So, uh, yeah. So starting, you know, from the beginning, I guess, uh, maybe about, you know, six, seven, eight years old is when I actually started playing football. Uh, I played in a Grand Prairie Youth League. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. And um, I think I took like maybe like a year or two break. And then afterwards, I guess that's when I actually like got into it. And one of the reasons why I actually got into it is because my older brother and older cousin played in Eulis uh, Trinity for the high school, um, the Trojans. And at that time, they were really, really good. And I just remember, you know, going with my family and just watching them play uh, just, you know, made me look up to them and made me actually want to start playing. So, you know, honestly, if it really if it wasn't for them, I probably wouldn't even be playing football, you know, because I don't think uh, my dad or, or my mother uh, really, you know, were kind of like wanted to put me in. It's only probably reason is because of my size that when I uh, being that young. But um, yeah, so uh, I did youth league in, in Grand Prairie when I was eight. And then about uh, sixth grade, I started in uh, at uh, Cedar Hill in Cedar Hill Youth League. Oh, OK. Yeah. So. Um, so why did you go to Grand Prairie instead of Cedar Hill? Was it just because of where you were living at the time or? Yeah. So okay. my father, as much, long as I can remember, we lived, we lived in Cedar Hill and okay. that's where he died at right now. But uh, when it comes to my mother, you know, we moved all along, you know, I-20. Uh, I remember living in, we lived, I uh, lived in Cedar Hill with my mother for quite a while. And then we moved to the uh, Grand Prairie area. Then it's been, you know, a couple houses in Grand Prairie and went to Arlington and then uh, right now she lives in Mansfield. So okay, so, uh, you've, so you've pretty much been all over the DFW Metroplex, yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, it's honestly I'm not even gonna lie. It's probably a lot of the reason why I kind of you know came to TCU. You know, I, I just love the area so much. You know, I'm kind of familiar with it. So man, you're, you're already jumping on the questions I was about to ask. You. I was about yeah. to, you know I was about to talk a little <laughs> bit about why you wanted to stay home to and go to TCU. But yeah, there's more to it than that. But yeah, um, yeah so circling back though, 
with, uh, you know, playing. Yeah, I played uh, in my youth league for Cedar Hill. And then after that, I got into middle school ball. And then after that, that's when we start talking high school. Okay. Uh, I remember ninth grade is when I actually, you know, started, you know, actually taking it serious because it's such a big deal, you know, being on, I wasn't on varsity, but the potential of being on varsity, you know, yeah. everybody, you know, wants to prove themselves. So I actually started out as a defensive end. Oh, uh, really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I remember one time I missed, I didn't miss a meeting. I was late because I'm not trying to blame it on my mom, but <laughs> Kind of dropped me off a little late. Hey, hey. I got you. I got you. Yeah, I remember the next day they were like, yo, you're on the offensive line now. And I was so upset. That was the worst thing you could probably hear, especially being, yeah. you know, 15 years old, being excited <laughs> to get to, you know, hit somebody. And then finally, now you're going to be the one getting hit. So <laughs> I got you. So, so where did you play your high school ball at? Okay. So, yeah, I played in uh, South Grand Prairie High School. I think okay. it was high school at the time to when we were living, you know. Okay. So we all like a, I mean, I keep up a little bit with high, high school football since I have to do a little bit of like recruiting news and all that. But we all like, I mean, were we talking like state, you know, state potential type of team? Or are we all more just like kind of the average 500, you know, type of high school team? Yeah. So we, I, we, I think the farthest we've gotten into the playoffs was too deep, but I will say we had okay. a pretty team. And I feel like at the time, that's a lot of, uh, for our opponents as well. But uh, one of the players I did get to play with, uh, he was a year ahead of me. So I think I had two years with him. But uh, uh, Jeffrey Okuda, who's. I think, oh, swear. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the Lions third round pick or not third round pick, third overall pick back in 2020. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. He for us. Uh, I'm not I think I, I think he played, you know, strictly what he's playing now in high school, his senior year. But yeah, okay. so I had him. And then one of my good friends, Atanza Vongor, uh, okay. he also came to TCU with me. Uh, we had him as well, and we had a couple other studs. But uh, we couldn't make it out of the second round, man. We, we either uh, just fumble it or, I guess, our senior year we went against Allen. Ooh, <laughs> ooh. It, it was a good game, not going to lie. <laughs> but it is what it is, you know. I'm not yeah. the one – <laughs> now I respect you shouting out your teammates though I know Jeff's kind of had it a little bit rough unfortunately these past couple of years with the Lions you know just a lot of injury issues but no I mean that's really cool you know knowing that you were raised in the DFW Metroplex I'm guessing you probably watched a decent amount of TCU football considering you know you're from the Arlington area that's mm -hmm. kind of the local school now, were there any other schools like while you were growing up that you were really intrigued by, whether that would be schools like A&M, UT or any other like in-state Texas schools? OK, so for me, like uh, growing up in regards to football, you know, I didn't really have football in too much of my life in terms of, I guess, watching, it. you know, if it was on, you know, we turn the game on. But uh, I really learned all of the stuff like uh, who are the powerhouses and what teams are where, you know, at, OK. As, you know, going through, uh, I guess, middle school and high school. But um, growing up, I, my father always is, and I'm sure this is for everybody, but uh, just Longhorns of Texas, you know. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah, so that was just one I was familiar with. But, um, yeah, in terms of that, you know, I had to learn all that stuff. And, and it really wasn't until I was getting recruited by these schools that I, I had to, you know, really figure out where they were at and what conference they were in and, and – uh, who they played so 
Okay. Cause I, I noticed because I was doing a little bit of my research. I mean, you know, I I found out that your kind of finalists to land you were uh, Utah, Kansas State, and TCU. If I'm, you know, if I'm wrong, obviously tell me I'm wrong. But, you know, why did you pick those three schools to be your finalists and, you know, kind of what was intriguing about each school? Well, so uh, during my rec- uh, recruiting process, I think I shut it down pretty early. Okay. I, I, I committed when I was a junior, but um, I, I'm not sure – I don't remember having a finals, but I did get offered by those those schools. Uh, I had a couple other offers, but one thing about uh, my recruiting process is I knew I wanted to stay in Texas. So I did take a visit to Texas, Baylor, and TCU. Oh, okay. I believe through those trips, how those went. So I think the first one that I went to was Baylor. Oh. I went on junior day, and it, it was cool. You know, it was a good school and stuff, you know. Um, it really wasn't anything that popped out to me, but uh, I know uh, I saw a familiar face there. I think that was uh, Joey McGuire's first year. He was a tight ends coach at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. So it was nice seeing him there. So and then you know after that I had went on a junior day to Texas, and okay. uh, I would say you know as me being a recruit, I think I was like a three star, or whatever. You know, kind of not too big, but kind of there. So yeah, people I, knew your name. People, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. heard so, of it. When I went, I wasn't really, like, treated as if, you know, they really wanted me. You know, it was a junior day. Yeah. It it just – you didn't get that same type of atmosphere that you got, you know, coming to TCU. Mm -hmm. So, that brings me back around to the TCU junior day. Dude, when I tell you that these people, like, I I just felt like a family environment, you know, and and my mom was there, too. She was saying the same exact thing. And and it was such a – also, one thing, too, is that the school's so small, you know, I feel like it, it just brings everybody together. Yeah, absolutely. And that day, I remember uh, Coach P brought us into his uh, office, and, you know, I'm nervous, whatever, don't know what this dude's about to say, and he eventually, uh, we're talking, blah, 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 blah. I forgot what he was saying exactly, but he was saying, blah, 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 oh, yeah, and the offer that we gave him, X, Y, Z. And then I looked at my mom and I was like, what? <laughs> no one had told us. So basically, yeah. that's how I found out that I had gotten offered. That's got to be the best feeling in the world. Yeah, I mean, was, especially, especially being a hometown kid and then, yeah. you know, such a legendary head coach like Coach P telling you, you know, we want to offer you to come to our school. Like, mm-hmm. I couldn't even imagine how that feeling probably was just yeah. in that instance, especially with your mom there. I mean, how much better does that get, yeah. you know? So- immediately right after that there's just questions just started flying from my mom and, and wrap up the trip you know it was just awesome you know it just really put them on honestly i'm not gonna lie it solidified them for me you know uh right out the gate so yeah i'm absolutely glad you decided to come here rather than going about 45 minutes down south on 35 that's just my personal opinion you know no bias or anything but you know, it's it's really cool to kind of learn a little bit about like the recruiting process that a lot of these high school kids have, because a lot of them have it a lot different, especially nowadays in the whole NIL, you know, just realm now because there's a lot more opportunities. But so during your recruiting process, like, did you ever because Utah offered you, right? Or, yes. OK, I was just making sure because 24-7 had that on there. I didn't know if, you know, they just had it on there for, you know, giggles and all. But. Was, did you have any interest about going possibly to, you know, another Power Five conference like the Pac-12, ACC, you know, possibly SEC? Not really, man. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I'm t- I don't know why. It's, it was in my heart at the time, you know, to, uh, you know, stay home, 
uh, you know, not being too far from, you know, my mother and my friends and all these different things. And it, it's honestly just paid off, you know, having them be able to come to games all the time or, or having, you know, see them on, on the week, but uh, during the week. But yeah, like none of, at the time it was cool, you know, oh my gosh, I have an offer from, from Utah, but you know, in my heart, I knew that I didn't really, you know, want to uh, <laughs> go too far. And, and it was, it wasn't really like, you know, that I, called the coach and was like oh I don't want to do this you know it was very yeah. you know I was interested at the time but you know at the end of the day I made my uh decision well uh, your your heart picked where you wanted and obviously that was staying down here in Fort Worth rather than going to a you know whole different situation whole different state and like you said just you know five minutes or so ago you felt like you had more of like a family atmosphere being at TCU because you know it is a smaller university yeah and one thing too, and this is what happens to a lot of recruiting kids too, man. So right after I had committed to TCU, Baylor and Texas had called me, and this isn't on two point seven because I don't want to post it. Yeah, no. Called me and they ended up offering me. Okay. Told both of them, I was like, dude, like, if you would have told me earlier, like, I, I maybe would have considered it, but you know, I'm good where I'm at. It's like it's yeah. It's kind of like it's kind of like the girlfriend that breaks up with you, you know, when you're kind of down and out. And then once they realize, you know, oh shoot, he's actually, you know, well off and everything. They want you, but no, I mean, I'm really glad you decided to, you know, go to TCU because I think it's worked out pretty well for you so far. And for sure, and a lot of the reason why they do that is they just don't want, you know, their arrival school or whatever to have that that person, you know. Yeah. I see it a lot, uh, with. Uh, you know, kids now, you know, they get offers from, from one school and then they get offered by a bigger school and they end up leaving there. And I feel like uh, after, you know, that happens, it, it's just they kind of sideline that kid. You know, they don't put that effort into it as much. All they wanted to do is just get them to their their school. So pretty much just call dibs on them. Like, it's yeah. just kind of one of those. I mean, we just recently saw, and I mean, I don't want to, you know, no hate towards them or anything like that, but a uh, three-star tackle, Trevor Goose, or was it? Gosby or Gooseby? I think it's Gooseby, yeah. Gooseby, you know, coming out of Melissa High, dude's, you know, huge, six foot seven, anything like that, was originally committed to TCU. And then once, you know, once, once the college football world kind of just got destroyed with Arch Manning going to Texas, you know, it made sense why he would want to go to UT and every, that, everything like that. So he flipped from TCU to Texas. Did that have any type of impact on the whole offensive line, like when it comes to recruiting wise? I mean, I know we still, you know, we've got a couple, you know, decent three stars coming in the 2023 class. I mean, did you really, was there any type of like. Uh, I will say, you know, like we were definitely excited, you know, for those kids and, and especially him, you know, to have him because I know that he would have been well taken care of if he was here. He would have been coached hard, you know, not even by the coaches, but by the players as well. Yeah. And, Sucks, you know, to see a player like him go. I mean, he, I think I know he plays basketball. I mean, freakishly athletic. So uh, hopefully, you know, they know how to uh, train him and use him well because I know he's going to be a good player. But uh, it sucks to see those ones go. Yeah. No, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, once again, he's a fantastic athlete. He'll probably end up being a top recruit next year after his senior year. I know TCU was very high on him and, you know, really wanted him. But, you know, like he said in a couple interviews, he grew up a UT fan and that probably led you know, to why he decided to flip to the Longhorns. But, you know, enough about Texas and all these other schools. Let's talk a little bit more about you, Mr. Steve, and, you know, the early parts of your TCU career. Yes, sir. Let's do that. So during your freshman year, you were redshirted, correct? Or did you 
You're, yeah, yeah. I, w- I was red-shirted, and that was the plan coming in. You know, I wasn't really upset about it. I knew we had very good players, that, you know, that were ahead of me, and I knew that I needed to get my body right, you know, to be in the best shape to play. Okay, I got you. So coming into TCU, coming on campus, were you expected to be kind of like a utility tool along the offensive line being used, whether it was at the center position, guard position, offensive tackle position, or were you pretty much – or were coaches wanting you pretty much to be, you know, a solidified center for the O-line? So when I came in, I uh, I played tackle in high school. So how that went, you know, we came in, usually the freshmen, especially offensive linemen, it's really rare that you have an offensive lineman come in and immediately play. Those are the really good ones, you know. Yeah. Really but uh, in terms of, you know, me coming in, uh, I know that I really didn't have the right mindset and I didn't have the knowledge or strength, you know, to, to actually contribute on the field. And that's just what comes with redshirting and, and, and progressing through these years. But um, I played tackle uh, my freshman year here because uh, a scout team or our scout team, I was the only one who could play right tackle. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so uh, everybody in that class, we had one tackle and the rest were guard. So I kind of played tackle for that whole year. And I honestly really appreciate the fact that I did because it ended up helping me 2020 year when we played um, Oklahoma State. So we, uh, I had came off of COVID. Oh, and, shoot, okay. Yeah, I came off COVID, and I got a call that Andrew Coker, who plays right tackle, just got COVID. So that Thursday, <laughs> he was like, hey, man, you're going to have to play right tackle. So I was like, oh, man. And I, I, I did a pretty good job, too. It was a very good experience. but Because that, that was – are you talking about during the COVID season, right, the 2020 yeah, season? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I remember that game like it was yesterday. Y'all absolutely yeah. balled out. And mm-hmm. I know there, there was that one play on the goal line where you absolutely just pancaked that kid – so let me tell you a little bit about that before we get back to what we we're talking about. <laughs> that specific play, I oh my gosh, I think I had a, a three technique. I, there's a five on the outside of me. Okay. That's from what I can remember. There's a five, and then there's also a three technique to my left side. Yeah, I think and you're I correct. Yeah, around, I turned around, I looked at Zach. I was like, bro, run right behind me. <laughs> I swear. I, if you look on TV, you can see my hand like no, I, I make this motion. And I'm like, dude, I'm about to obliterate this dude right now. <laughs> I don't know what it was. Like, that factor just kicked in. Yeah. I had, uh, yeah, I probably I snapped the ball. This ball was snapped, and I just ran through, and he ran right behind me. And it was such an experience, man. You could see it on the touchdown. I'm turning up. I'm screaming. <laughs> I mean, you were so excited. Like, yeah. I mean, but that's the energy you need, especially on the O-line. Because I don't think, you know, the big guys, they get enough love as they're supposed to because – a lot of these running backs, they wouldn't be as good as they are if it was not for you guys. You know what I mean? Obviously, they've got talent and everything, but y'all put in a lot of the dirty work that, you know, kind of goes unnoticed for the most part. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and there's a lot of things, you know, that, that uh, we do on the field that kind of give us that power that we're not used to. Uh, for example, like that play I just discussed, but there was also another play where uh, we turned around at Max. We're like, dude, run a different play. This isn't going to work because of where they lined up at. And that play, we ended up scoring, and it was just the greatest feeling in the world. You know, I remember looking at the offensive line. I was like, dude, we, we literally did that. It was us, you know, so. Yeah, y'all pretty much did y'all's own little audible, and, I mean, it worked. And yeah. we've seen that a lot of times. And, you know, this – especially y'all coming into this year, you know, I mean, I know obviously last season when Coach P decided to step down after, you know, two decades at TCU, completely changing the program and everything like that. How how much of a shock was that necessarily to the team? Was it something that y'all had seen happening or was it kind of just something that 
was just more unexpected? Uh, I guess, you know, for me, it was kind of unexpected. You know, I know how, you know, highly decorated Coach P is, you know, with the Big 12 and just TCU alone. And we weren't really expecting, you know, that happening. But um, we came in during a Sunday meeting and, you know, he told us and we were kind of all thrown off guard. And it, it was just such a curveball that, you know, the kind of morale of the team afterwards was, was kind of uh, down. Yeah. But, uh, coach Kill, who ended up being, you know, the head coach at the time, you know, he, he found a way, you know, to, you know, pick us back up and, and put us back on our feet. And he's such a great, you know, uh, coach and, and a team uh, uh, coaches player as well. You know, he knew how to rally the guys together. Uh, so I, I feel like, you know, that during that time, I feel like that's what really, you know, uh, trained us, you know, to how to handle adversity, because that's probably the worst thing that you could go through as a team, losing your head coach. And I feel like all of us experiencing that, you know, will help us, you know, in the long run. I got you. I mean, I mean, obviously, as a from a fan standpoint as well, I know definitely losing someone like that who you grew up kind of idolizing almost. And I know Coach P was probably a huge factor in why you wanted to go to TCU too, because when you look at a lot of these recruits that TCU does get, you know, before you know 2021 and all that, they mostly came to TCU. I mean, yes, for some of the assistant coaches, but Coach P as well, especially on like the defensive side of the ball because he was such a mastermind. And I know obviously during the past couple of seasons, it, you know, it'd been down a little bit, but I mean, I, I couldn't imagine how much of a shock that would have been, especially losing a coach like that. So, but, um, but, but another thing I do want to ask, and I know this might kind of be a little awkward topic to talk about, but when y'all heard that coach P was going to UT, what was the initial reaction from the locker room? I, I just have to know this, you know, coming from an outside hey. standpoint. I feel like there was mixed feelings, you know, I, I, at, the, at the beginning when I found that out, there's mixed feelings for me as well, but I understood, um, you know, I think, you know, how people viewed it was that, you know, they didn't want him anymore and, and it was time for a change. That's how the, uh, that's how us as players, you know, viewed that that's how the fans wanted it. And, you know, I'm not going to lie, I kind of didn't blame him, you know, it was just the next chapter in life Yeah, uh, for him. So, uh, you know, I'm not mad at him. He's a great coach, a great guy. And I know that he'll be there for me, you know, when everything's said and done. You know, if I need any help with anything, I can reach out about anything. So, uh, Absolutely. And, I mean, you know, talking to some of my, you know, family members and even friends about the whole Coach P thing, I'm like, you know, no one should really be mad at the fact that, you know, he went down to UT because, once again, he was going to get another coaching job regardless. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it was just bound to happen. Now, is it unfortunate it happened at UT? I mean, yeah, but that was probably the best position for him to go to because, you know, he's not having to do a lot. Of, you know, he's just going to be, I think, a defensive analyst, right? Like, he's not he's not an on-the-field role right now. I, uh, I think so. I think so, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, it's just – but no, I mean, I have, I mean, everyone should have the most utmost respect for Coach P and what he did, to, you know, did for TCU throughout his whole tenure. I mean, there should be no type of, you know, anguish or anything like that. Because once again, he's one of the greatest college football coaches that has ever had, you know, ever played and coached the sport. So, but no, I, I really do appreciate you giving me some insight about the whole Coach P thing because, you know, being a, I guess you could say diehard TCU fan, I've always wondered that. And I know a lot of the college football world as a whole kind of wondered how that whole thing unfolded. So, no, I really do appreciate you kind of sharing a little bit about that. Uh, yes, sir. So, anyway, enough about Coach P and all that. Let's talk a little bit about these past couple of seasons, which I guess you could say have kind of been the breakout years for you where you've kind of gotten a little bit more, you know, 
attention from the whole college football landscape and even probably some, you know, even some NFL attention because a lot of things I've been reading about, Steve, you're getting up on the boards, man. You're, you know, you're getting up there. But, no, kind of just let me know a little bit about what was different about last season and kind of the, you know, the step you felt that you needed to take to get up to that level to, you know, be that first team all Big 12 type of lineman. Uh, I really had to keep a level head about anything, you know, especially coming off of my first year. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I wasn't really expecting, you know, to be be such a, you know, big time thing. You know, after my first year, I just remember, you know, going out there, you know, being as humble as possible and playing every game, you know, as hard as I could. Uh, you know, I thought I was just doing just a normal job. Yeah. But, uh, and I feel like I, I just hold myself to such a high standard, you know, to where I, would, I don't want to mess up. I don't want to you know, uh, do anything wrong. I want to make the right calls and all this different stuff. And I feel like that's what helped me after my first year. And I just find myself, you know, after uh, at the beginning of every se season, having that same level head, you know, I can't really have my head up in the clouds, you know, with all this uh, attention I'm getting. Uh, I feel like, you know, keeping this, you know, level head and, and, and just being as humble as I can be, you know, working as hard as I can, as I am. You know, I feel like that's what will, you know, will keep me going. No, I absolutely agree with you. I mean, you probably are and easily. I know a lot of people say this about a lot of players, but in my opinion, easily, you were one of the most humble guys I've ever, you know, been able to talk to because being a guy that, you know, not a lot of people know about you. I mean, you, you were absolutely thrilled to be able to come on here and everything like that. And I mean, I'm absolutely thankful that you've able to do this because, you know, a lot of these guys, when they start to get a little bit more attraction and attention, you know, they kind of get, you know, a hothead and kind of just thinking, you know, okay, well, you know, you're not on my level, but no, I mean, you've really stayed humble throughout this whole part. And I think, you know, any NFL team that does get any type of attention and that like, you know, once a guy like you, I think they would absolutely be getting a steal. Now, one question I do have, what was your favorite game during the 2021 season? Whether that was playing Cal, whether that was any big 12 game, you know, what was your favorite game during the season? Oh man. Uh, I probably would you know, say probably Baylor. Baylor. It, it was a great game, you know. I, and I know they have a good D-line. And uh, going into that week, you know, I feel like we prepared, you know, to handle what they threw at us. Um, but I feel like what really, you know, made that the game for me is just how we overcame, you know, what happened during the game, especially at the very end where um, Shadrick caught that up. Uh, yeah. And it just made me so grateful of how we handled that situation where, uh, you know, we came off of a missed field goal and everyone was down and everybody tried to keep their heads up. But the defense went out there and did their thing and got that interception. So that will forever be <laughs> engraved in my brain, man. <laughs> no, I got you. And I mean, it also kind of leads into another topic. We saw how good and like the potential that Chandler Morris has being the starting quarterback at TCU. Now, I know during the spring, you know, being in a couple practices and everything like that, Chandler Morris and Max are both splitting first team reps. Now, I'm not going to put you in a position or anything like that to pick one or another because they're both really excellent quarterbacks. That's without a doubt. Yeah. But, um, no, be I mean, it'll be really interesting to see who ends up being, you know, starting quarterback once the season does start. Do you have any idea who possibly could be a starting quarterback? If you don't want to talk about it, that's personally fine because I understand. Yeah, no. Uh man, honestly, like like you said, they're both very good, and, and honestly, just comes down to who's gonna perform well during camp. I gotcha. Um, so, uh, you know, they're both good people, great players. So, uh, yeah. So, during camp, you know, like 
whoever the coaches pick, you know, we're all going to go for it and hopefully, you know, be the best decision for all of us. I got you. So as we kind of approach towards the end of today's episode, I want to talk about what are some goals that you have for this upcoming season? You know, just, I mean, not just for yourself, but for TCU as a whole, because I know getting coach Dykes and getting his whole new coaching staff and, you know, seeing it up front and personal, the energy is a energy is completely different compared to last season. I mean, y'all look like y'all are having fun. Y'all are absolutely firing off the ball. I mean, it just looks like a whole different team compared to last year. Yeah. Um, I guess one of the goals you could say for me and, and the team that I, I want to hold the team to is just, um, just, I guess just overcoming, you know, those bad situations that happen in games and, and just playing together as a team, as a whole, just, encouraging each other you know on the sidelines and just communicating well on the field as well as off the field and, and just doing these things holding each other accountable are all the things that I want to see this team do uh, not that we're already not, that that we're already doing it but just you know during the games and uh, I, I just want to see those things so uh, I feel like when we see those things we'll definitely you know be a good team I mean, y'all have got all the talent in the world. I know Kendra Miller, he's due for a huge season this year after Zach did, you know, opt to transfer out of TCU. You know, he'll finally be able to get a lot more carries. Amari will also get a lot more carries. Once again, I mean, what are your expectations for the running backs this season? Because once again, I think TCU probably has one of the more underrated running back rooms in all of college football. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we do have a lot, a lot of talent in the way, in the, um, running back room but uh in terms of all of our running backs man we us as offensive linemen we just all hold them to the same standard you know uh at the end of the day we all really don't know who's in the backfield with uh when we're in we so I feel like that as a whole for us just just puts an expectation on them you know to get their job done and and thing is we know that every single one of those people in that running back room are disciplined enough you know to get the job done so I got you I got you I mean I mean, this should be a really exciting season for y'all. I mean, I mean, y'all just, I don't know, just these, you I mean, there's not a whole lot of expectations. Y'all aren't, you know, and I mean, obviously, y'all are going to obviously want to be, you know, beat out Baylor and Texas and all these schools. But, I mean, I really do think that, you know, y'all should be getting a lot more respect that y'all, that, you know, you just aren't getting because I've seen a couple of polls where y'all are ranked, you know, number ninth in the Big 12 and all this and that. And I'm like, no school – in my opinion, besides maybe a couple, is really better than this TCU team right now. I mean, this new coaching staff has completely revamped y'all. And I mean, what's kind of your opinions with the whole new coaching staff of Coach Dykes, Coach Riley, and just all the new position coaches? Yeah, uh, they're awesome people and great coaches. And especially, you know, with starting with the strength staff, man, they're just coaching us. What you'd expect from a strength coach is what we are getting. And I feel like a lot of people don't really understand that. Like, in my opinion, I feel like we have one of the greatest strength po- programs in the, in the United States. Oh, easily, easily, 100%. So it's just, if you were to see, you know, I'm not sure, you know, for other people on the outside looking in, but if you were to actually be there, you would look at our strength staff and, and what we do and, and just realize that this is a billion-dollar program. Um, including the coaches too, man. They just coach us so hard, you know, and, and I know we have uh, a lot of coaches who can, uh, you know, teach the younger players as well as the older players, you know, enough to get uh, teach them to do their job. And, and I just 
grateful that we got uh, who we got. No, I agree. I mean, definitely Sonny Dykes. I know at first a lot of people were kind of, you know, kind of like, eh. But after seeing, I mean, firsthand going out to y'all's practices, going to the spring game and everything like that, I think Coach Dykes has done a pretty good job, whether it is on the offensive or defensive side of the football. I mean, mm-hmm. and definitely the transfer portal has been huge for y'all. As y'all got, um, is it Allen or, or – uh, God, I can't talk. Yeah, Alon. It's Alon, right? Okay, yeah, getting Alon from SMU after, you know, he followed Coach Dykes from SMU. So how has is, how is he kind of affected y'all's uh, offensive line room, giving y'all a little bit more stability and kind of some experience because he is going into his fifth year of college football. So it definitely has to be nice to have another veteran alongside, you know, you and Brandon and all the other guys. Yeah, for sure. It, it, I mean, at the time, you know, I really didn't know – I really don't know a, a lot of people that play on other teams, but, you know, when uh, I heard that he was coming here, you know, me and Andrew watched this film and we just, man, he's a great player, man. And getting to know him more is an awesome person and, and him. Uh, he has a lot of knowledge in what he does and, and just, you know, in the film room too. And it's just awesome, you know, having him here, you know, to teach us, I'm learning things from him. Uh he's uh, teaching the younger guys, you know, a lot of things too. And it's once you have a person like that, you know, on the offensive line, you, you'll have a great offensive line. I got you. And I kind of want to switch to the other side of the football and talk a little bit about this TCU defense that has been completely revamped from last year with coach, with coach Gillette. Uh, oh, I can't even talk. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, I've butchered that so many times, yeah. even a couple of times <laughs> I've met him. I've been like Jalepis to see and yeah, you know, almost like I'm saying Mississippi, yeah, but geez, a tricky one. <laughs> but, but I mean, he, I mean, the way he's got this defensive firing, I mean, y'all, y'all easily have one of the more underrated defenses going into this, you know, 2022 season, because, you know, alongside Marcel, you got Travis, obviously you got Noah who I've gotten pretty you know close with that defense is pretty scary. You know, when healthy, I yeah. mean, Y'all kind of have, you know, a dual-headed team now where the offense is clicking on all cylinders, defense is looking really solid. So what are y'all – so what? Are, so from an offensive lineman standpoint, what are your kind of expectations for the defense going into this 2022 season? Play fast, man. Just play fast. I know we have speed up front. and uh, I mean, uh, on uh, in the backfield – not the backfield, corners and safeties. We have so much speed, and, you know. Uh, I feel like that's just expected of them. And uh, – I know that, that that's what's going to win games for us, uh, just not giving the ball uh, to them over the top. You know, just having that speed for us, I feel like will ultimately help us in the end. Yeah, because I know definitely secondary play was kind of a concern last year. You know, unfortunately with Noah throughout his whole college career, he's never really been able to stay consistently healthy. And obviously that's something that's out of his you know reach. But we have seen, you know, Travis absolutely explode onto the scene. We've seen CJ be pretty consistent at times. You know, we also went out and got Mark Perry from Colorado to be, you know, start at safety. So, I mean, th- like you said, this secondary this year should be really good. They need to play fast. That's kind of always been our problem is we kind of attack not, you know, as fast as we could. But once again, with Coach G, this TCU defense is completely revamped. And they've got, in my opinion, some decent expectations to live up to this season. Mm-hmm, for sure. I'm excited to see actually see how they, how they play, man. This new scheme as well as, you know, the coaches. Um, I'm very excited. So, because y'all's first test, it's going to be up in Boulder, Colorado. Y'all going to be playing the Colorado Buffs. How excited are y'all for being able to travel up there and be able to go take on a team like Colorado who – It's going to be different for us. It's going to be different. Um, the only uh, thing, you know, and we've been training for is, is the elevation. You know, we, we have a uh, hyperbaric chamber. You know, oh, okay. Get, 
for that uh, with, uh, you know, just get us ready, you know, for the uh, types of air, type of air that they have there. So uh, it'll be an exciting experience. Yeah, because I, I know definitely with the elevation and everything like that, it's going to be a little bit more harder on the D-line and O-line because you're going to have to catch your breath a little bit quicker because, you know, there's not as much air to spread out along everyone. But, no, I'm really excited to see what y'all do bring to the table come September 2nd, no, 3rd, right? Because it's on a Friday. Okay. <laughs> as the time comes, you know, I'll have that, mark, that date mark. No, but, I mean, I mean, I know personally I've got such high expectations for y'all because I know – you know, what y'all bring to the table. I don't believe any of these critics. I don't believe any of these quote unquote experts that are, you know, saying, you know, the best they're going to do is six and six and all this. Cause once again, y'all have all the talent in the world. I mean, if y'all can execute properly, y'all easily can make it to the big 12 championship game and, you know, get to a decent bowl game. So but no, uh, Steve, once again, thank you for coming on today. And before we do head out, you want to talk a little bit about the, uh, my turn podcast that you and Brandon Coleman are actually doing. Yeah. So, uh, I appreciate you, Mason. I appreciate you. Um, so, uh, me and my roommate, uh, Brandon Coleman are starting a podcast soon. Um, so I had this idea about a year ago, uh, when I was on a plane and I was speaking to, uh, one of the people that was on there and we just, you know, started having a conversation, you know, I told him I played football and then I also started telling him, you know, different parts about me. And one thing that he said that stuck with me is like, man, I would have never guessed that or I would have never known that, you know, because, you know, we always just see you on the field. And that thing really just stuck with me. And from that moment, I just had an idea of having a podcast to get this these stories out there to these people. And one of the first people that I thought about was Brandon, because not everybody, I don't even think anybody really knows his story, including myself, too, my uh People don't know, you know, how I came, you know, what I discussed about today and how I, you know, got to where I'm at. Um, so when I started formulating, you know, these ideas, you know, I wanted to put it on pen and paper and I did, you know, I talked to him about it. I talked to a bunch of people about it. They thought it was a, um, you know, great idea. Uh, the plan was to start last year, but uh, it didn't happen. So, uh, you know, in a, I think about a week or two, we, we're planning to get that started. So we're, we're definitely excited for that. No, I'm super excited to be able to hear what y'all, you know, the, the type of guys. And, and another thing with y'all's podcast that I think is really cool is, like you said, a lot of people really don't know y'all besides just playing on Saturdays or playing on Fridays and everything like that. So being able to get, you know, a lot of these athletes' stories out there and kind of, you know, who they are personally besides, you know, the athlete, I think it's a really cool thing. And I'm glad y'all are kind of, you know, bringing some of these type of athletes to light and kind of showing who they really are. So mm -hmm. it's really cool that you and Brandon are doing this. Yeah, for sure. But um, yeah, before I do let you go, uh, just want to talk one last thing, the NFL. So are you planning on, you know, after the season going to the earth, not necessarily going to the NFL, but, you know, trying to be able to get to the NFL or are you going to try and pursue something outside of football? Uh, the plan for me is to pursue football. OK. And, uh, you know, I, I've you know, I'm trying to prepare myself for that. Uh, but uh, as of right now, you know, my head right now is just all in the season. Yes, but, sir. Uh, yeah, I do plan on, you know, pursuing that. I mean, once again, Steve, you easily are climbing up a lot of teams boards, especially if you absolutely have another season like you did last year, you know, being able to kind of be, you know, diverse along the whole offensive line, because a lot of teams, they need that, especially, you know, when sudden injuries happen, like you said, with Andrew last year, was it? the 2022 or 2020 season, 
you know, Andrew got injured and you had to flex out to tackle, you know, being able to do something like that, a lot of teams are going to find attractive. And I definitely think you'll, I mean, hopefully you'll get a lot more recognition during this season alongside, you know, TCU as well for being, you know, the great team that y'all are. So, mm-hmm, for sure. but, but no, once again, Steve, I'm super grateful that you joined me today on this podcast. I've had a lot of fun being able to interview, interview you, learn a little bit more about you. I appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Now, guys, before I do let y'all go, please make sure that you go follow my guy Steve on every single social media platform that he has. I'm going to leave links down to that down below in the description. But anyway, guys, I hope y'all have a fantastic Wednesday and fantastic Thursday, and I will see y'all back here on Friday. Peace.